1: The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at gainbridge.io. Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player they can count on to help. AFLAC Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. AFLAC pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like rent or groceries. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit AFLAC.com to learn more. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go, NBA Draft Day and more live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. I had an epiphany last night. I went and spent some time in the afternoon watching uh, after the dentist. I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm like a stimulus package. Ryan told me this morning for the dental industry. I go like eight times a year. Um, I watched all the highlights of all the top 20 prospects. Sat there for an hour and a half. You know who I think is a really fascinating player? You know how in the NFL there's always a guy that drops? What if Scoot Henderson drops because Portland at three takes Amon Thompson? Oh, Thompson. Have you seen his video package? Who, the Thompson Twins? It's funny because I have an anti-Thompson Twin take I heard from somebody. Okay. You know they
2: played overtime elite, right? Yeah. You know how old a lot of the kids were in overtime elite? How old? Teenagers. Thompson Twins are like 20 grown men. I
1: don't know. A lot of interesting stuff. This is going to be a fun one. It is. Okay, so let's start. There was an NBA trade yesterday, and it's your classic NBA trade. Everybody has convinced themselves they're significantly better. And I'm not sure anybody is. I liked it for all the teams, but it didn't really solve major issues. So the Celtics get Christops Porzingis, but they gave up Marcus Smart and still don't have a true facilitator. It doesn't solve the Tatum-Jalen Brown deal, which is odd at times. And Porzingis gets hurt a lot. But I do believe they're better offensively, and it was time to move off Marcus Smart. The Grizzlies get Marcus Smart. Okay, but they had to give up Tyus Jones, who's a better, more dynamic offensive player than Marcus Smart. But Marcus Smart, sort of a Dylan Brooks personality, a tough guy, but more of an adult, so he sort of solves that issue. He helps, but they lost Tyus Jones. Washington got Tyus Jones. He could be the best player in this whole thing. He's really, really good. In fact, the Grizzlies were better when Tyus Jones was on the floor than when John Morant was on the floor. Look it up but they had to give up Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis in the last week. So they're not better, but this is what NBA trades do. They're exciting. They're fun. Big names move. Emerging stars move. I get Porzingis to the Celtics. Let's talk them. Uh, First of all, Al Horford's old and aging, and Robert Williams can't stay healthy. Number two is Giannis, Jared Allen, Bama Bayou, Joel Embiid. It's nice to have an active big that can give you some offense. Number three is, I could argue the NBA is now pivoting too big again. Seven foot three, runs the floor, shoots threes. You know what he is? You know what Kristaps Porzingis is? He's Victor Wembenyama eight years ago, just not as good. A seven three guy that can catch it, shoot it, move, slash. He's just not as good as Victor Wembenyama. But that's kind of eight years ago. The NBA is getting more European more skilled, and big guys now shoot threes. And, I mean, you look at the NBA. When I grew up as a kid, you needed back to the basket centers. And then you went to, like, Jordan and Kobe wings, and then it was small ball. Then it's three and D guys. Now we're pivoting to European bigs that are highly skilled and really super hard to defend. So Boston got one of those. And he does make them a better offensive team. But they're still not very good at facilitating the offense. And Marcus Smart's assists got better every year, about six a game now, six and a half, but he's not a true facilitator. I don't have a problem moving off him. I suggested that five or six times over the last month. It's just he's going into year 10. I got one finals appearance. He's not an elite offensive guard. And defensive guards age quickly. I do like the fit in Memphis for him, but you had to give up a lot to get him. But Portland's the most inter- uh, Boston's the most interesting team here because they have the highest ceiling. Washington's in a total rebuild. Memphis is trying to rebuild their chemistry in their locker room. And Boston's trying to finally get a title. They've already been to the finals with this group. Now they need the bag. Now they need the trophy. So it doesn't answer. This is classic NBA trade. Everybody's fired up for their team. Wizards are like, yeah, we lost Porzingis and Beal, those bums, but we got Tyus Jones. They're going to win 15 games, but I like Tyus Jones. Memphis is like, hey, we got an adult in the room. Yeah, but you lost Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones, pretty good players. There's no guarantee you'll be better. The West will be better next year. And Boston's like, we got Porzingis, who's hurt all the time, just like your other center, Robert Williams, and you still have a point guard issue. So I, I, I like the fit. For all of them. Uh, I don't think it solves any current issues as much as the teams think. Um, but I think, I do think Boston, and, and we said this over and over, it's, it's time to move around the pieces a little bit. Marcus Smart's now becoming an old defensive guard with limitations offensively. Let's move it. Got your two wing stars, got to pay both. Let's go get a big who can run the floor. I like it. Doesn't solve everything think it makes them better offensively. Maybe makes them better defensively. Doubt it. But that's why NBA trades are fun. Full of hype, full of hope. And all three of those teams today are absolutely sure they're significantly better and won the trade. Okay, so um, the elephant in the room on Aaron Rodgers is the Jets are kind of dysfunctional and not a perfect roster. So Mike Tannenbaum said yesterday, former NFL GM, um, he does not think Aaron Rodgers makes the Jets a Super Bowl contender. And he said... You know, basically the offensive line. So I, I was thinking about this this morning. That um, Matt Stafford goes to the Rams to a really good offensive line. PFF had it one of the best offensive lines. And Tom Brady went to the Bucks. It was the seventh-rated offensive line. So as quarterbacks get older, they want comfort and, more, comfort and more time to throw. But it doesn't stop there. When Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos as an older quarterback, that Bronco O-line was rated Fourth best O-line. Older Peyton Manning had surgeries. Never a great mover, running less, moving less. Wants comfort, wants time. Joe Montana, let's go further back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, they had Will Shields, Pro Bowl left tackle. They had a, they had a guard and a center who would later be Pro Bowlers. It was a really good offensive line. Joe Montana was successful. How about Brett Favre to the Vikings? 12-4 and 4 Vikings. That was a really good offensive line. Steve Hutchison, Hall of Fame guard. Sullivan, the center, was good. Bryant McKinney made a Pro Bowl that year at left tackle. Stafford, Brady, Montana, Manning, Favre. What do they have in common? They weren't all great defenses. They weren't all great head coaches. They weren't all great wide receivers. All excellent offensive lines. Because as quarterbacks get older and they've got a few surgeries and dings, They start moving less. What have Jay Mack and I talked about multiple times with Aaron Rodgers in the last year? He doesn't run as much. They don't want to get hit as much. He's got that bank account. The psychedelic conference. Older quarterbacks don't want to get hit. So the Jets offensive line. Let me give you an example of a star quarterback that goes to a team with a bad O-line. How'd it work? We just saw it. Russell Wilson to Denver. It was a shaky O-line that lost their best offensive lineman. Garrett Bowles left tackle week five. Awful never recovered, biggest problem, not much time to throw, bad coach, season, man overboard. So it matters. The O-line is what nobody talks about because nobody's got those guys on their fantasy teams. 99% of fans, even in their hometown, can't go left tackle to right tackle and name all the starters. We don't pay attention to offensive line. We pay attention to defensive line because they get sacks. We pay attention to corners and receivers and the hard hitting linebacker and the star safety and the quarterback and the running back. We don't pay attention to offensive lines. They're really the key to older quarterbacks anytime they pivot to another franchise. Stafford, Favre, Brady, Manning, Montana, all excellent top five offensive lines when they moved. So it's nothing against Elijah Vera Tucker. He's a guard. They have a huge question mark at left tackle. They've got a question mark at right tackle. They've got a rookie at center. I'm sure Laken Tomlinson, I was told, is solid. That's, that's nice. They've got a promising young guard off an injury and another solid guard. But Mike Tannenbaum's talking about something that we don't talk about. Older quarterbacks seek time and comfort, and it's very possible in a division with Belichick's defense— And Buffalo's defense, Aaron Rodgers struggles, at least in those four games, to get comfortable. That's not a reach. That's not clicky. That's actually the honest truth, and Mike Tannenbaum hit on it. Be sure to catch
3: live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
0: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zyn. Find your Zyn online or in a store near you at That's Zyn.com/find. That's Z Y N.com/find. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
4: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tannerito. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024. So get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I want to go back to Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics. So what this trade also delivers beyond a guy that can get you a bucket, a high-level score, which Porzingis does make them better when they get kind of jammed up offensively, I think he gives them a big guy that can get a basket. Despite his injuries, he's not going to be a leader. And that's, that's what this thing delivers, more pressure on Jason Tatum. I'm not sure he'll handle it well. Because Marcus Smart is older than Jason Tatum, People around the team of OA said he's the soul of the team. He's the emotional backbone. He's the emotional leader. Tatum's just more talented. Well, he's gone now. Now, now Jason Tatum needs to do that. Porzingis is not going to be the emotional leader. It's got to be Jason Tatum now. And I know he's, I, he's only 25. I keep hearing that. He's been a pro now. for He's going into year seven. And by year seven, Giannis had two MVPs, and so did Jokic. Year eight, they won titles with the MVPs. Tatum idolize Kobe Bryant. By year seven, he had three titles. Larry Bird, a Celtic legend. End of year seven. Three titles, three MVPs. Steph Curry, end of year seven. Two MVPs, a title. Year seven and eight, you have to start stacking things if you want me to believe you're a legend. You got to start stacking the MVPs. You got to start stacking. You got to give me one title. got to start stacking stuff. I don't have any of it. That's why I've always said, I really like Jason Tatum. I don't think he has a number one personality on many nights. I think that's innate. You have it or you don't. I see a really nice kid and a really, really good player. I don't think he's as feisty as Bird. I don't think he's as unique as Steph. I don't think he's as layered as Jokic. I don't think he's as dominant as uh, Giannis. I don't think he's as ruthless as Kobe Bryant. I think Jason Tatum is a really good kid and a really, really good player. But a lot of the legends who start stacking stuff by year seven and eight are ruthless or dominant or unique or feisty, and I don't see that. I see a Duke kid, nice nice family, baller, sometimes very reluctant to be ruthless, not unique. Dominant on occasional nights, not layered. He plays both ends. So so again, Porzingis gives them an extra guy to get a bucket and size and the league's pivoting into that. So I like it. But it doesn't change how I feel about Jason Tatum, nor does it change how I feel about their offense, which without a true great facilitator has trouble getting into their offense. Nor does it change how I think about Tatum and Jalen Brown, which is an odd fit, imperfect, good enough to win a lot of games, get you top seed, win a couple of playoff series. Porzingis makes you better at one element, worse at point guard, a little more pressure on Jason Tatum. Excuses done now. You've got three, you know, you got your your Booker, your KD, and your Bradley Beal and Phoenix. No excuses. Don't want to hear about your bench. Porzingis, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I don't want to hear about excuses. I mean, you're all on Kevin Durant's got to win. Kevin Durant's got to win in Phoenix. At least Boston has a bench. Kevin Durant's got to win. You, Kevin Durant's got MVP finals, rings, trophies, MVPs. Tatum's got none of it. And a better bench. And a more legendary franchise. I mean, you all want to crush KD if he doesn't win again this year. He's got MVPs in the finals. couple of them. I got rings. I've got greatness. I got a legacy formed. I think there's more pressure than ever on Jason Tatum. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9
3: a.m. Pacific.
1: We were talking about this yesterday. The NFL draft is four days. It gets huge TV numbers. There's all Brock Purdy was the last player taken in the draft a couple of years ago. He starts for the Niners at quarterback and goes eight and zero. There's talent everywhere in this country for football, basketball. It's different. So, we talked yesterday about the, the the first round tonight is going to be unique because about every six to seven years, you get a great prospect with no red flags. LeBron, Tim Duncan, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Magic Johnson with no real red flags. Victor Wembenyama is that. Um, so, that's rare. You get one of these guys about every seven years, which is, I mean, he's skinny. That's not really a red flag. Young, bigs, Giannis was skinny, Embiid was skinny, guys put on weight. So, uh, that's rare. But on average, what drafts give you in the NBA are young kids that become number three, number four starters, role players, bounce around the league guys. And so we did yesterday, I asked the staff last night, I said, let's take a five-year, a recent five-year group and our standard for, because I said, the NBA stars are overrated. It's impactful, guys. The NBA is all about May and June. Okay, that's why we talk about Michael Jordan, six for six. We don't talk about his average. Nobody gives a rip about Michael's average. Six for six. Bill Russell, 11 rings. Magic Johnson, nine finals, five rings. What did Magic average? Who cares? The whole star thing, I mean, if you go to the Lakers and you're their leading scorer, it doesn't even matter if you're an all-time legend, you'll be a star in this league, right? The branding. Shoe companies, branding. Derrick Rose was a star, didn't do anything. He was a star. John Morant's a star. You're going to miss the first 25 games the next year. Stars overrated. What I'm looking for in a draft is impactful players who matter in May and June. So here was our standard, and it wasn't very high. By We didn't count 15-plus points or more per game in the playoffs in your career is what you have to average by year three. We don't count your first two years in the league because you're a kid. You're you're 20, 21 years old. So can you average 15-plus points per game in the playoffs in your career, meaning you're the third best player on your team, and then win at least one playoff series? It could be a flimsy first-rounder. We don't care. And in the five years we took, 2016 through 2020, 17 guys, three-and-a-half per draft. That's it. What we call impactful players on average in the draft. As you can see 2018, little better than average. Uh, 2020, not very good. 2016, pretty shaky. So that was, our, that was our standard. We don't count year one or two. That's not fair. By your third year, do you have a playoff average of at least 15 points and if you want a singular playoff series. One, first rounder. Three and a half guys per draft. And I think that's pretty fair and pretty reasonable. And so uh, now, this does exclude guys like uh, SGA or or Darius Garland, a handful of guys, Anthony Edwards, who can't get to the playoffs. They're part of a rebuild. So we're not. And again, we're not saying they won't become like playoff competitors. And you could add it to this group. But uh, but if I even move this up to twenty a game, most of these guys are all gone. So. I, the star thing has always been overrated. Guys sign big Shoot, Zion's a star. New Orleans is trying to get rid of him. Star doesn't mean a ton to me. Denver had three highly impactful players. When Milwaukee won, Drew, Middleton, Giannis, three highly impactful players. Middleton's not a star. Drew Holiday's not a star. He's just a really good basketball player. Giannis is a star. If you really consider the NBA in that frame, in that prism, and that's what I do. Three impactful guys, you can win a championship. The draft gives you about three and a half a year. Because Scoot Henderson is going to be a star his first year in the league. Because of his highlights, he's dynamic. He's going to play above the rim. Scoot Henderson is going to be a star year one. He's going to be jaw. We're going to be talking about him. He's going to be on Sports Center. Is he going to be impactful in May and June? Real doubt. When Binyama, I think, will by year three. I I don't know who the next guy in this draft that will be very impactful. And I'm not even saying you have to be 25 a game. I'm just asking for 15-plus points and one first-round playoff series win. That's, a, that's my standard. Get about three-and-a-half a draft. This is Steve Covino and Rich Davis, and together we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right, Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah!
1: The final four coaches in a football season have been offensive coaches. Last year, you get Kyle Shanahan taking on Nick Ceriani. Uh You you know you take a, a, a Zach Taylor's taking on a, a Andy Reid. This is what's happened to the league. There's no reason arguing it. Uh, the downside, the only one I can think of, the only downside to have having a brilliant offensive coach is what is happening in San Francisco which is if you have a quarterback that you reach for in the first round and it's not working, you can't get rid of him. According to Ian Rapp- um, Adam Schefter, excuse me, uh, that was on the Pat McAfee show, uh, there's no trade market at all for Trey Lance. None. So, um, And I think the best way I could put it is um, if Rubik couldn't figure out the cube, then you wouldn't have a product. It's too hard. When you have Kyle Shanahan – and he can't figure out the young quarterback, everybody else goes, how the hell are we going to figure it out? Look at what Kyle Shanahan has done to the quarterbacks in his career. And let's take a second on this. Kyle Shanahan made Matt Schaub a pro bowler, made Robert Griffin III in and out of the league quickly, the offensive rookie of the year over Andrew Luck. Brian Hoyer hasn't won a game he started in 12 years in the league. He went 7-6 with Kyle Shanahan. He made Matt Ryan, who aged quickly, an MVP. Jimmy Garoppolo reached a Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy, the final guy drafted in the draft a year ago, went 7-0. Kyle Shanahan makes everything Everybody work. I mean, it's one thing that Sean Payton got Teddy Bridgewater to go five and zero, or Alex Smith had his career resurrected by Andy Reid. We're, we're talking about like Houdini here: Garoppolo, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, and yet with Trey Lance, couple of camps, opportunities. Here are the numbers as a starter. He completes 55% of his throws with a 73 passer rating. All right, what about just when he comes into games later? He's in the K, He plays, uh, in his career, he's completed less than that, 54% with an 84 passer rating. This is with an Alito line, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and a brilliant offensive head coach that got Matt Schauber Pro Bowl Brian Hoyer, a winning record. RG3 better for a year than Andrew Luck. If Kyle Shanahan can't figure him out, the rest of the league's going, how are we going to do it? It's the one thing Shanahan does. He takes your quarterback and makes him like a grade and a half better than he is. I like Matt Ryan. An MVP? When Brady was in the league? An MVP? When Russell Wilson was, Aaron Rodgers was, Big Ben was, MVP, Matt Schaub, RG3. So that's the downside of this, is that there's no market. Because if he can't, I said this a year ago. I was told uh, that by somebody around the organization that last year in camp, Kyle Shanahan, a quarterback whisperer, literally contacted a quarterback coach. He was at Wits End. Uh, Day-to-day, we don't know what we're getting. He's struggling in the... Completing passes department. It's not a shot. It's hard. People miss. Scouts pushed hard for Trey Lance. Reportedly, he wanted Mac Jones. The coach, not a shock, was right. All right. Um, another th- another NFL thought. So a Dak Prescott was talking uh, yesterday about how because of back-to-back 12-win seasons, uh, the Cowboys really are uh, building momentum. And I said yesterday, there's, there's the, the Cowboys, for me, in the last 15 years, I have my, the same opinion every year on them. They're pretty good. They'll have like one star, six or seven pretty good players, and they're pretty good. So he was on a Dallas radio station this week, and he was very upbeat about this year. First time in my career, I can say I felt like consecutive seasons are building, where going back to 21, we've been able to build. We built that year, and then now we can build again. And I think that's the best real chance that you have of making it. You're excited about the details, the changes that we've had on the offense and just the team, and I'm looking forward to it with a lot of excitement. Okay, so I tried to be, I looked at Dallas' schedule today. Their over-under win total, I think, is at 9.5, and that's exactly what it should be. I'm not sure if i take the over or under, probably the under at nine. But I looked, and I said to myself, there are nine games Dallas has the better quarterback. Giants, Arizona early, New England, San Francisco. Giants again, Carolina, Washington, Seattle, and Washington. Nine games, I believe they absolutely have the better quarterback. In eight games, they probably don't. Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Chargers, Justin Herbert, Rams, Stafford, Philadelphia twice, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Buffalo, Jared Goff is better than Dak, I'm sorry, and at Miami and Tua. I'm I'm sorry, Tua with those weapons and that coach is going to be a more productive quarterback. So in nine games, better quarterback, eight games probably not, meaning they'll win a game or two that will surprise me, and they'll lose a game or two that will surprise me. But let's be as clear as we can if Mike McCarthy is a B to a B-plus coach and Dak is a B to a B-plus quarterback. That feels incredibly fair. Dallas is not nearly as good as Philadelphia on any offensive unit, and I could argue not superior on any defensive unit. That's reasonable, too. Their over-under is 9.5. I'd take the under. Some would take the over, but that's about what they are. And if that's what they are, not as good as Philadelphia and a 9- or a 10-win team, can Dallas, with a B- to a B-plus coach and a B- to a B-plus quarterback, win three road playoff games to get to a Super Bowl and three road games and a neutral game to win a, win a Super Bowl? I believe the answer is no. That's what they are. Nine games, better quarterback. Eight games, less talented quarterback. Don't win one, it'll surprise you. Lose one, that'll bum you out if you're a Cowboy fan. B to a B-plus coach quarterback, they're going to have to because they're, no question, they're inferior to Philadelphia, no question. Maybe at coach, that's not fair yet, though. Can they win three road playoff games? I do not believe B to B-plus coaches and quarterbacks do that in the NFL in 2023. I don't.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
0: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zinn Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zinn create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Find your in online or in a store near you at Zin.com slash find. That's Z-Y-N dot slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
4: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024. So get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hi, it's the herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code Herd Once again, new customers. Bet 5 and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook code HERD, the crown is yours.
2: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text hope HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There's a lot of talk about the
1: Blazers have shut down Damian Lillard trade inquiries. And I think it's funny because um, the minute Portland hands in that number three card, and if they draft Scoot Henderson, well, the, one minute later, uh, Damian Lillard knows they've drafted his replacement. This is not the Packers getting Jordan Love, a prospect with time needed to grow. Scoot Henderson's going to average 18 to 22 points year one and going to be wildly explosive. Like Derrick Rose and John Morant, he's going to lead Center three nights a week. This is Justin Herbert being drafted by the Packers. Bigger, stronger, more dynamic than the old guy. So I think Portland's going to listen. I think there's a story this morning that people are lining up, and NBA teams are lining up, preparing offers for Damian Lillard if they draft Scoot Henderson. Now, there are reports, as J-Mac said earlier, that Charlotte is considering, they're going back and forth, drafting Scoot Henderson at two, even though he's a guard, LaMelo Ball, they don't really fit, but he is—he's more of a lock to be a, a, a showstopper. Well, for that easily, but a better player. I think Victor Wembanyama is a slam dunk, A-plus prospect. I think Scoot Henderson has very little possibility to not be dynamic and fun. I don't know if he's going to be a playoff guy. Uh, and then after that, the draft—it's murky because it's just a bunch of kids. So in the NFL, you draft older people, and any parent will tell you this: the difference in my kids, I've got. Two biologicals and four-step kids, but the difference in their personalities between 15 and 17, 17 and 19, once you get to be 40 years old, you are what you are. Sometimes you can get a little happier, a little sadder, but you are what you are. Between the ages of 17 and 22, there are real variations, big jumps in maturity. So the NBA draft is all kids. That's why there's so many whiffs. There's so many misses. You don't know what you're getting. Outside of Victor Wimanyama, I know what I'm getting. And I think I know what I'm getting with Scoot Henderson. John Morant. Hopefully more mature, but John Morant.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
1: James Jones, Super Bowl champ, former Packer wide receiver, decade in the NFL and a Super Bowl championship against the Steelers. I remember it well. You guys found your running game late in the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got healthy late in the season. You got hot and won a Super Bowl. So a lot of different stuff. You were in New York. Aaron Rodgers is in New York. I'm not sure if you connected. I did see he was at a psychedelic conference in Denver. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't. I think Aaron, (laughs) I think there's a little hippy-dippy to it. Whatever. Ayahuasca, whatever you want to do in your life. I've always felt Aaron's got a little Hollywood to him. Yeah, uh, he's a little more, uh, uh, you know, self introspective than a lot of professional athletes. How do you? Uh, what do you make? What do you think players think? Because players generally are athletes are goal oriented. Yeah, they don't question themselves and where they're at. Aaron's constantly like questioning the meaning of life and yeah. his, his true self. How do you think most players look at that stuff?
5: Well, I mean, number one, I think it's just are you coming in ready to go. You know what I mean? Right. Off the field, you can do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Don't get yourself in no trouble. But, I mean, if it's certain stuff you believe in and you want to do certain things, do certain things. But when it's time to go, are you ready to go? You locked in. You dedicated to this part of it, and that's the football part of it. And and with Aaron Rodgers, since he's been with the Jets, that's all he's shown. You know what I mean? At every OTAs, you know, being out there with the young guys, communicating with the young guys, getting on the same page with the young guys, you know, looking happy, looking refreshed like he's ready to go. Yeah. I think as a teammate, that's all you want.
1: So, um, you know, sometimes when you leave a company, mm-hmm. um, and when I left ESPN, I knew there were things that I would miss yeah. the, the, the size and scale of the company, just the the, the layers of help you could get, you know, mm-hmm. and not that it wasn't good here, but it's a smaller company. Yeah, And, uh, and I knew there were things I was going to miss. We tend to, when people leave a company or a team, you know they bag on the former place. They get yeah. to a new place, and in yeah. a couple of years, they like we got problems here too. Yeah. Can I say this? Here's the one thing I I hope Aaron appreciates. Mm-hmm. He had good offensive lines. Yeah. His entire stay in in Green Bay, mm-hmm. Green Bay and New England, do a remarkable job of drafting and developing O lines without yeah. any first round picks. Yeah. And so when Montana went to Kansas City, Stafford to the Rams, Brady to the Bucks. Favre to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. They all Peyton Manning to Denver. Mm-hmm. They all inherited great young offensive lines or great yep. lines. Yep. Jets O-line, they got questions left tackle, yeah. right tackle, <laughs> they got a kid at center. Do you worry a little as yeah. quarterbacks get older? They don't mm-hmm. want to get hit as much. Yeah. And the history is the great quarterbacks that have left and landed with great O lines yeah. win big. Yeah. It's the number one part of the Jets I have huge question marks about. Is that fair? No, it's
5: definitely fair. I mean, when you look at their roster from top to bottom, I mean, they stacked on the defensive side of the ball. You got playmakers on the offensive side of the ball at the skill positions, right? So, I mean, the one question mark is the O-line, but playing with Aaron Rodgers for so long, it was times in Green Bay to where, whether it be injuries or whatever it may be, the O-line was weak, rotating pieces and all that, and Aaron Rodgers is the one that strictly makes the O-line better. I'm not saying those guys can't play. Those guys are really good players. Bakhtiari, those guys are really good players, but the way he's able to Get the ball out of his hands extremely fast. Get the offense in the right play with certain defense. I mean, you see him with his cadence, being able to use the free play and all that. The way he's able to do that, the offensive line benefits off Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying the Jets' offensive line is big time and they're elite, but they are going to benefit off of Aaron Rodgers. The way he's able to utilize the snap count to slow pass rushers down. The way he's able to get the ball out of his hands fast. He's going back with his offensive coordinator. So they are going to know, hey, this is what we like to do in Green Bay on third down. This is what we like to do on first down. They're going to be on the same page when it comes to that. So I truly believe the type of quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is, how smart he is, the way he's able to get the ball out of his hands and use his cadence, he is going to help this
1: offensive line big time. Be as honest as you can what are you hearing about Jordan Love replacing Aaron in Green Bay? I'm hearing, I'm hearing,
5: you know, it's 50-50. I'm hearing a little mix, you know, you know from, from a lot of people out there. Some of them think he's ready to go. Some of them think he needed another year behind Aaron Rodgers to sit and wait. I think the best thing about it is every time he's took the football field, he's gotten better and he's looked better. When he came in that Kansas City game when Aaron Rodgers was hurt, He didn't look good. They didn't put up any points. He did not look good out there. Then you see him come in last year in Philadelphia and look like the the game slowed down for him. He moved the ball up and down the field, getting the ball out of his hands. So it all comes down to Jordan Love. If Jordan Love does not play well, the Green Bay Packers are not going to be a good football team. If Jordan Love comes out there and he plays well, the Green Bay Packers are going to be a really good football team and have an opportunity to, to compete. So I think for Jordan Love, for him, He's shown that the offense has slowed down for him. He has a command on the offense. I'm excited to see him spin it. But, yes, it's 50-50. Some people think he's ready. Some people think he got a got a, got a see, little Jay ways Mack, to go. See, J-Mac, when you
1: hear that, if yeah. half the people don't think he's ready after three years, yeah, because when Aaron was behind Favre – We knew. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> by the way, and when did you – let's go back to that. Yeah. Did you know year two? Did you know – How long did it before you and a couple, Donald Driver and a couple guys went broken play? (laughs)
5: Well, I got there, and Aaron was going in year three when I got there. When you got there. When I got there, he was going in year three. Now, year three three. of
1: backing up. Backing up far. And
5: And when I got there, the Charles Woodson's, the Al Harris, the Donald Driver was like, buddy can go. Right? They knew. From the get-go, Aaron Rodgers was like that, right? Now, you don't know four-time MVP and all that, but you know he's like that the way he could throw the ball, right? And you're telling me Green Bay's 50-50. Yeah, Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers, we knew, hey, we're in good hands. Everybody was asking me, too, when Brett Favre was retiring and all that stuff was going on, what are y'all going to do? And I'm like, we just fine. We just, fine. <laughs> we just, fine. we got a dude behind him that, that could really go. We just fine.
1: Okay. So there's, there's a history in the NFL. And I think I know some of the reasons that wide receivers have got the label, the diva. Mm-hmm. And my takeaway has always been, it's the basketball player on a football team. You're the first out of the huddle. Yeah. You don't necessarily depend on many others. A quarterback needs a left tackle, a run game, a good coordinator yeah. protections from the center. A receiver breaks out huddle, man. It's me, <laughs> mano a mano in the corner. Yeah. And there is a basketball feel to it, like mm. you're a playmaker. Yeah. Even in football now, I'm covered. Throw it up. Always open. Like, you're, you're yeah. criticized as a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron was one of the first to do this regularly 10 years ago. I'm going to throw to a covered guy. Yeah. So part of me thinks, Stefan Diggs, little old school. <laughs> he made noise in Minnesota. Yeah. He made noise in Buffalo. Now, go back to your career in the NFL. It's just part of the position. It is. And I think this is, I'm not going to blame too many people, but is this just who Stefan is?
5: Well, number one, so, I mean, I was never a complainer about the football. Did I have the career that Stefan Diggs is having right now? Absolutely not. But you right. weren't. He's going crazy. But I wasn't a complainer about the football. But what I will say is, I would come back to the huddle, and Aaron would say, JJ, how I look over there? And it'd be three dudes around me. I'm open. Mm. <laughs> You know I'm open, you know what I mean? So as a receiver, you're <laughs> al- you always think you're open and you want the football. The only thing that concerns me about this whole situation is Stephon Diggs is the most targeted receiver in the National Football League the last three seasons behind Devontae Adams, and it's only a couple targets behind Devontae Adams. So you coming out saying that you want the football more and it's a problem the way they're using you in the offense, and you targeted the, the second most the last three seasons, number one, that's telling me that The offensive coordinator is trying to get you involved number two that's telling me that the offensive coordinator is talking to the quarterback the quarterback is trying to get you involved and number three it tells me that's selfish you have Gabriel Davis you have other guys in this in this room that you call your brothers that you're looking at in the meeting rooms and you're complaining about the ball and you're getting the ball 300 more times than they're getting opportunities to make plays so I've been around guys that you know that want the football and it's and only about the ball and their stats and all that, and it don't sit a right, the right way in the locker room. It might not be a lot of guys saying stuff, but they know exactly who you are. And for Stefan Diggs, if I'm Gabriel Davis, I'm like, dang, bro, like you're you getting, you getting a bunch of targets. I'm not even getting half the targets you are, and you complaining about the football. And not only that, you have a quarterback and Josh Allen coming off of his worst season turning the football over. And now he's breaking this huddle saying, if I don't get the ball to my star receiver and Stephon Diggs, he is going to pout and whine. It is going to come a time in the season, I promise you, that Stephon Diggs is not going to be happy with the targets that he gets. Or it might be when the game is on the line, Josh Allen goes to Gabriel Davis or somebody else because that's the right read. And Diggs, is going to be a time to where he's not happy in Buffalo. And this is a problem because I feel with Josh Allen being a young quarterback, it's not like he's a veteran like Tom or Aaron Rodgers. Like being a young quarterback, you are going to try to get Stephon Diggs this ball. And at times, I promise you, he's going to force it to him and it's going to turn into interceptions. And it's going to turn into bad throws. And I don't think this is going to be good for Buffalo. You've seen the last image in the playoff. You see Stephon Diggs on the sideline throwing his hands up, yelling at Josh Allen, and Josh don't even look at him. Which let me know that I'm tired of hearing it because I'm giving you opportunities to make plays just because I go over here with the ball on certain plays, which the coverage or the reads is telling me to go over here, now you're pouting. I think this is a big problem in Buffalo because it's going to come up in a time in the season.
1: It's one of the reasons I supported the Cowboys when they moved off Dez Mm -hmm. because if you looked at Dak Prescott, Dak – was very good at sprinkling on the infield. Yeah. He felt this internal pressure to get it to Dez. Mm-hmm. And it, even though Jason Garrett told me later he loved Dez, Dez started disrupting everybody else's touches, yeah. and they had young Dak. And their thing is, you got to let Dak grow organically. Yeah. He can't be just zeroed in on you. Remember Dak and Dez? No doubt. They go over there. And the Cowboys, I defended it, said, you know what? You're a great player, and you get into the end zone 10 times a year. You're disrupting yeah. our young but, quarterback's but even, growth.
5: even with that, and that's a really good point, because even with that, Des Bryant was different than Stephon Diggs. Des Bryant, they used to, Calvin Johnson and Dez Bryant, they, they treated as a gunner at times. Two guys because they know throw the ball up and it's going to be caught. Yeah, Stephon Diggs is not that guy. We yeah. we ain't seen Stefan Diggs jump over guys consistently, mossing people, making catches. Stephon Diggs is a heck of a route runner. He has a lot of speed. He's really crafty, and he gets separation and gets open, right? But guys like that, sometimes you want to lock in on those guys, even if it's double coverage, because Dez has showed you, I will go up and get the ball, right? Yeah. That's not really Stefan Diggs' game. So for me, that's a little different, but it's still the same thing because the quarterback is bad decisions locked in over there throwing to those guys. Guys.
1: good stuff um i gotta ask ya, uh, you uh you really watch that position very well james jones joining us uh deandre hopkins to me is is a one but he is a different mm-hmm. he's not a burner yeah so j mac and i talked about this how do you view him at this point what is he a two what what, what are his skills like I think New England works cuz he's okay. a one there.
5: No 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 doubt about it and and he's still a number 1 receiver in okay. this National Football League and you talk about a guy that's like we just talked about is a Dez Bryant type guy, not a lot of juice, not going to get a lot of separation if you throw the ball in his area, the play is going to be made 90% of the time. When you talk about a quarterback like Mac Jones, if you have a guy that you can say, "Oh, you're going to give him one-on-one coverage," I have an opportunity just to throw the ball up to him, give him give him an opportunity to go make a play and this guy will go up and make the play and not only that off the bus he's a coverage dictator once he what do gets, you mean once he gets going when the defense breaks the huddle where is number 10 find deandre hopkins we have to have eyes on hopkins because we have to make sure that he does not wreck this game right and you're gonna have to make sure safety help over the top or it's gonna have to be eyes on him because like i said these 50 50 balls to deandre hopkins are ninety ten balls to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> it's not. It's not like just a regular wide receiver. He's going to go up and make the play. So when you have a young quarterback in Mac Jones and you have a guy on the outside that you know, hey. he's going to go up and make this play. I'm going to give him an opportunity. And not only that, you want to roll the coverage over there to him. Then I know what I got on the backside, and I can get the ball into my other playmaker's hands. It's going to make it easy on the
1: corner. You were strong today. You brought it. (laughs) You deserve double coverage today. We had to roll (laughs) coverage over for you.
5: (laughs) Appreciate it. Infinity presents a new chapter in
3: luxury.